Trevor, and we are the Boo Crew. Welcome to episode 132. Here's a Boo Crew Fright Fact. On the set of William Freakin's 1973 The Exorcist, William would have the prop master randomly fire shotgun blanks to scare and surprise the actors. He did this as he believed this created more authentic and scared reactions from the actors on film. We are joined by the incredible young actor Lulu Wilson. She stars in a phenomenal movie. It's a violent, cathartic, and gory action-adventure horror flick called Becky. At time of release, it's available on demand and digital June 5th. Kevin James, who is known for his more humorous roles, takes on an entirely new persona for this one as a truly evil dude. She talks about working with him in that. Also, her work with Joel McHale, who plays her dad. She gets into the magic of the practical effects work, her favorite scenes, and more. We also revisit some of her stunning horror films like Ouija Origin of Evil, Annabelle Creation, and her role as the young Shirley Crane in Mike Flanagan's exceptional Haunting of Hill House for Netflix. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. This is Lulu Wilson. Get out the gummy worms. It's time for the boot crew. What was the point of all of this? For a key? It's worth much more than that. Okay! You're clearly a special girl! I don't want to have to hurt you. But I do want to hurt you real bad. Let's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio is a truly gifted young actor who made her feature full-length debut in the Jerry Bruckheimer-produced Scott Derrickson film Deliver Us From Evil in 2014 and has since gone on to work in dozens of phenomenal TV and film projects that have all really been compelling choices. They have showcased the wide range of the characters she can bring to life from flexing her comedy chops and the Emmy-nominated The Millers, the Emmy-winning Inside Amy Schumer, and earning two award nods herself for her performance in HBO's Sharp Objects, helping it earn a Golden Globe, and Mike Flanagan's brilliant The Haunting of Hill House. In terms of the horror genre, she's been such an instrumental part of telling some of the most terrifying and fun stories ever created. In addition to Hill House, she made 2016's Ouija Origin of Evil, unforgettable, when she was only 11 years old. Faced off against the iconic haunted doll in David Sandberg's Annabelle creation, and that's just for starters. Her newest project is the mind-blowing, gore-soaked, and badass horror adventure thriller, Becky. It's available on demand and digital on June 5th. We are honored to welcome its star, Becky herself, Lulu Wilson. Yeah! Yeah! Incredible introduction. Thank you so much. Wow, well deserved. And and thank you again and congratulations on this insane movie. Yep. Insane is a good word for it. <laughs> so first off, are you a big fan of the horror genre yourself? Of course, of course, 100%. One of my favorite all-time movies is Midsummer, which came out relatively recently, which is I think one of the most disturbing movies. It's so it's just so perfect it really is and horrifying i was watching it with uh, one of my friends and i looked over at her and her mouth was open like she was in awe and that's just like it's very telling of the movie so did you see hereditary at all uh, ari's other film 
theory, and I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion, but I do like I like Midsummer more. What are some of your other favorites that you've seen over the years? Do you remember your first horror film that you ever saw? Oh yeah, my first horror film that I ever saw was it was okay. So it was I think it's called The Descent. Oh yeah. I, it was sort of like an accidental watch. I was really, really young when I saw it. And it was more like I happened to be in the living room. I don't remember any of it. I should probably go back and re- rewatch it. But my sisters have like always watched horror movies with my dad, especially. I don't know. I guess they kind of convinced me. I'm not really like scared of that sort of thing anyway, like horror movies. I can't do haunted houses, though, because it's too real. But like, I I know, like I've been in horror movies. I know the deal so I can watch them just fine. Well, as we mentioned off the top, you've not only done many horror projects before, but you've done insane horror projects with absolutely brilliant fellow creators. And and really, that's not a coincidence. Obviously, you've got an eye for really great material. So what do you think it is? that you look for in choosing projects? Huh. Well, I mean, I'm, yeah, I I think I'm relatively like, I'm relatively picky. I I guess it sounds a little weird, but I I think it's, it's pretty much true. Um, I don't like those horror movies or action movies um, where none of the characters are likable. Like if you read a script and you're like, I, yeah, sure. This is like a fun ride, but I don't, I'm not rooting for anybody because I don't like anybody. You know, that was also really important with Becky because I wanted Becky, the character of Becky, to be likable, not just be this psychopath little girl who you can't root for because you don't like her. You don't know why. You don't know where she's coming from. So that's like super important. I think that's like number one on the list of things to look for. Speaking of that. Joining Mike Flanagan's Flaniverse in 2016 with Ouija Origin of Evil, your introduction into that universe, one of the scariest movies in years. How much fun was it to be a part of that? You don't even know. It was amazing because I was I turned 10 while I was filming that. And um, just to like, get to be this possessed child was it was so much fun because, I mean, I still have a crazy imagination. But when I was nine, I mean, it was even more insane. Um, so getting to like climb up walls and climb on ceilings and work with Mike, who really took me super seriously, was so special. And I met, well, Annalise Basso, who played my sister, who is like my best friend now. Like she really is my best friend, like of all time. Um, and I'm just so happy that I got to make all this. Also, Elizabeth Reeser, I mean, she was the greatest. She played my mom and which we worked together later on haunting of Mill house just great that that was such a good experience just i like i haven't reminisced to it in a while and now looking back i just remember how amazing it was <laughs> your scenes are are nuts too so you yeah you get to be possessed for like the entire thing and have the best <laughs> lines like one of my favorites is you're just like want to hear something cool do you want it feels like <laughs> to be strangled to death <laughs> yeah so much fun to shoot too because I forget his name his name was Polly? His name wasn't Polly. His name he just looks like his name is Polly. But um I tortured him a lot on set. Oh, is that the guy who plays Mikey, the boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Park, his name was Parker in real life. Yes. I was close. But um, no, I tortured him so much on set. And that was like the height of the torture. So it was it was really fun. <laughs> I, was kind of, I was kind of a troublemaker. It was, it was fun, though. How did they do those effects where your eyes go like completely white and your mouth stretches wide open? Was that like a combination of things? It was a little. Co- I remember there was one scene where I had to like sit on a couch and they, it was like one of the scenes where my mouth is open and my eyes are white and they were just like, don't blink. And I was like, what? They're like, just don't blink. And I, I couldn't blink. For the, my, I was like crying by the end because my eyes were open for so long. But I didn't have to do anything with my mouth. That was like all CGI. Oh, they had to put like... 
I might be remembering this wrong, but they had to put like dots on my mouth, like black dots around my mouth to mark where they were going to do the CGI. But they just like, I couldn't blink, which kind of sucked, but it paid off. So did you have to wear contacts or anything or did they just color your eyes in post? Very lucky. I did not have to wear contacts. I have had to wear contacts before. Like um, in the haunting, I had to wear brown color contacts and that was, it was terrible. It was so terrible because I like, I don't, there's something with my eyes. I feel like it's, it's pretty common. Like I don't like things going in my eyes. Like, I feel like that's not abnormal, but that was terrible. So I'm, and I hear like white contacts or like all black contacts. Like you can't see anything either. So I'm very lucky that I didn't have to do that. In 2017, you got to take on Annabelle and you'd said in interviews that when making scary movies, usually you aren't really scared because you know, it's a film, you know, it's going to happen. But in working with, David Sandberg, he actually likes to make it feel scary for the performers. So what what does he do to get you there? Well, I mean, it was really so there was a lot. There was always a smoke machine on set and the rooms would always be like really foggy. It was it wasn't great for like my lungs, but it was great for the atmosphere. And um, that was really important, I think, to just kind of setting that and also the sets were beautiful. It was all in a soundstage. Everything was really detailed. And that first night when we go, when I go into Beezer, I, I haven't, I also haven't watched this in a while. So it's funny reminiscing back. But um, when um, I go into Bees room for the first night, um, not the first night that I was there, but like for the first time, that was a really eerie scene to shoot because there were so many props in there and you can tell like most of them were like vintage. So they could be haunted. You know, I, I totally, I totally believe like in haunted dolls and stuff. So that was also pretty scary. Just having that whole, like, cause it, I mean, that was real. I, I think it was real. Like the actual Annabelle doll. So like doing like that sort of based on a true story thing. That's the same thing when I'm watching a horror movie, like I'm watching it, everything's fine. And then the end credits roll and it's like based on a true story. Yeah. Then I, <laughs> that's the worst feeling. That's awful. It's terrible. Have you ever had any paranormal experiences yourself? Yeah. 100%. My mom doesn't believe me. Nobody believes me, but I, I totally- believe you. <laughs> Thank you. But no, I swear there's like a dude living in my closet. 100%. 1 million percent. I was, it was like really late at night. I like just waking up. I was really groggy. And my closet door, it like used to not close all the way. So it was like slightly ajar. It, it was always slightly ajar. But I woke up in the middle of the night and it was like almost all the way open. And there was like a shadow like coming out of it. And that's not normal. So I ran to the bathroom and I hid in there for a while. That was like a few years ago it was really scary though it sounds scary I, I it, all the time. it was horrifying my room is really scary though so <laughs> <laughs> did you ever uh, did you ever get a chance to meet the real annabelle doll or would you want to you know i you know it depends what day you ask me you know because now i'll be like totally i would meet the annabelle doll but maybe in a week i'll be like hell no that's too much that would be too real. That might, I'm, I get jumpy when I'm like around. A TV screen is different than being, as I said, in a haunted house. Like I cannot, I can't do haunted houses. I, I will, but I, 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 I hate it so much. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit more about the Annabelle set? Like I heard there was two stories, which they don't typically do for sets. Like how crazy was that? Oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah. I like I'm reminiscing again, but yeah, no, it, it was the first, cause usually there's like a staircase to nowhere. Um, but this staircase went somewhere. Um, and it was really, it was, it was really incredible. I mean, the most detailed room was B's room. And even in the room, you know, there's like the secret closet where, um, the Annabelle doll is kept and on the walls are like 
like Bible pages, I think, like glued on all the walls. And it's just like really creepy because in one scene, they made me, I think they, they, they made me go in there with like nobody else. And that was when I was like, okay, this is a lot. I don't know about this. But no, the sets were really, no, they were crazy detailed. I remember first going onto the set and it, it, it's, you know, cause I watch movies and TV shows a lot and I ask myself like, oh, is that a set or is it a real place? And oftentimes I'm like, oh, it's a real place. But it, it, it almost never is because the set designers are just so talented. It really is. It's art. It was like a masterpiece. It was crazy. Speaking of masterful set designs, 2018, you start working on The Haunting of Hill House. Oh my God. No, that, cause that was also two stories, but it was so many different elements. Like there was this like twirly, is that the right word? Like a twirly staircase? Yeah. Yeah. Spiral staircase. Yeah. yeah. Spiral, that's a much better word than twirly. But, um, and it was a really tall staircase too. Cause there's that scene where I walk up it and the first couple takes, I was like, Oh, walking upstairs i'll just run up the stairs like that's not going to be a problem even though these are like so many stairs so of course being stupid i decided on the first take to run up the stairs which means on all the other takes i had to run up the stairs so it was really torture um running up the stairs so many times because it was just so there was a library there was that beautiful staircase i remember um during like pre-production when we were there just rehearsing um i went on i went on the set when it was like barely when they like just started with Mike and even then it was really beautiful. It's just so impressive how people can do that. And like they, they really, Mike is definitely like such a visionary. It's crazy. Also having kind of a knack for visual delivery. Mike also has a real way with words and kind of a poetry in the way he writes. What is it that you like about his scripts? I don't know. I mean, not only his scripts, but the way that he works with actors on his scripts, um, I think is amazing because he really, he, even in Ouija, when I was so young, he worked with me and, um, we, we had, I remember we had a meeting, um, right before we, like right after the first table read of Ouija, I was so young and he included me in on that, which is, it, it's rare. I mean, um, but it, it's so important to have a director or just a, a cast and crew that treats all actors like adults, even when they're nine, you know, and just being a part of that and listening to what he was saying about cutting the scene or maybe adding something there and listening to the actor's input. I was probably too scared to have any input input at that point. But now I'm very I'm pretty opinionated on sets, I think, um, in a good way, I hope. Um, but I, I do really like to collaborate because I, I want to be a writer when I'm older. So um, working with him and learning from him was also like, really important to me. Playing young Shirley Crane in uh, Haunting of Hill House, did you get to coach older Shirley, played by Elizabeth Reeser, as uh, to your character's personality or mannerisms? I didn't, but we do have we're very similar. We have really similar mannerisms. I, I remember people asking me like if I did that while I was filming that, I was like, no, like what are you? Cause we only had like one scene together and it was in that episode six where we, the, the all one shot episode, which was an amazing experience. I can't even tell you, but yeah, no, that was crazy. We, we rehearsed for that for like two weeks before we started filming, which was, it was incredible. It was like a play. And I, I had never worked on place before. I wanted to when I was living in New York, but I'm so happy I didn't do that. But um, no, it was it was really interesting. But no, um, a lot of people asked me if like we studied each other's mannerisms, but no, we didn't. <laughs> well, with the next season on the way and other Flanagan projects in production, are there plans for you at this point to return to any of those? I don't know. 
know. You know, I really don't know. Um, I think they just wrapped up filming Bly Manor, I think it is. Um, but no, I'm not in that season, but I'm so excited to see it because, I mean, I, I, I don't usually love watching uh, the, what I'm in because, I mean, it, it's kind of weird. It, it's like an out-of-body experience, <laughs> but but I'm really, I'm really, like, I loved watching The Haunting. I was really invested, and, like, the last episode made me very sad, so I'm excited to watch this one and see what it has in store. Very fun. So let's get to Becky and how you got involved in this project. Yeah, well, so it's kind of a crazy story, I think. Uh, when I was... 11 uh jd and rafi the producers came to me with the script they had seen me in ouija and um they 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 knew that they wanted me for becky uh which was amazing i mean you hear like that sort of thing happening to people but i mean i never i never expected that would happen to me so it was kind of crazy when i when i met them um they showed me the script They, they they kind of walked me through everything their original vision which was pretty different from what it ended up being because i mean they originally wrote becky for a 10 11 year old so there was a lot more it, it, it was a lot more childlike i'd say not the not the script there was an equal amount of violence but um becky's character and i i just remember reading that and just being super excited because i mean i i i never gotten a script where I was facing the danger instead of running away from it. Because sure. uh, usually what, I mean, little girls' roles in horror movies or thrillers are, which uh, I hate so much. Um, so having having that opportunity um, was really amazing then. And then it just got even, I just got even more excited when I knew, when I was like on the plane to Toronto and I knew that this was happening. Because it had been such a long time and I didn't know like if it was going to go through and I, I had loved it for so long. Is this your first time working with a pair of directors? Because there's two on this, right? Is it Carrie yeah. Mernion and Jonathan Milet, right? Yeah, no, it, it was. I didn't realize like that directors did that. D- directors worked in pairs. And I do think it was really interesting because you could tell like they, they were a great team, but they worked on like different things. Um, Carrie was mainly at the monitor um, reporting on things back to John, who was on set, um, usually with me working with me directly. Um, and it was just interesting. It, it, it almost works better as a team, you know, because you can kind of cover more ground really easily. The Boo Crew will be right back. Introducing Hasbro's Ouija. Is that the one where you talk to ghosts? It's actually pretty fun. Is there a spirit here? Oh my god. There are only three simple rules. Never play alone. Spirit, can you hear me? Never play in a graveyard. We played in a graveyard. And always say goodbye. Good night, Romeo. With Ouija, you'll make new friends. Hi, friend. Connect with the other soul. Experience the unknown. It's fun for the whole family. like the most about your character Becky and are there any characteristics that you guys share oh I mean so I I mean I love I love the character Becky so much I really like how she's not just you know a lot of times there are those characters just like bratty teenagers uh, beating up people that you don't like but I I I, I tried um, 
to make Becky likable and kind of give her anger, give put something behind her anger. So she's not just angry and blowing up out of nowhere. She has a reason. I, I have a shared anger with her too, because I mean, a lot of teenage girls, they have that anger. It's, but it's not always like expressed in the media or really in life. So I really like that she was betrayed like that uh, because I have that too. And she's not just, you know, that pretty fragile girl character who needs to be saved. I love that. Um, And I really kind of got to put my anger into the character of Becky. I'm very lucky that I got to work with um, Kevin James because he, he, I mean, he's not only a great guy, but an amazing actor. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, Joel McHale, uh, who plays your dad and Kevin James, who's a bad guy. And they're also like naturally hilarious people. And (laughs) and this is a very, this is a turn. I think people are going to be very shocked at how well and convincing they fill into these skins. I know they, they, they really do. And it was interesting seeing, so, because um, Kevin James, he's, he's not a method actor or anything, so um, which is kind of nice because you know, offset. It was a very light mood on set, too. Surprisingly, no one was really stressed out or or have sort of that pressure. It was a very chill set, which I really appreciate. But um, it was just interesting watching when the cameras weren't rolling. Kevin just being this chill, nice guy. It was almost hard filming. I almost felt bad, you know, because he, I just knew him as this sweet guy, this really nice, likable guy and not as Dominic yet. But then as uh, we kept working together and we didn't do many scenes together because the whole movie, he's sort of he's chasing me. He's trying to find me, um, trying to find Becky. Yeah, he is. Oh, my God. He's terrifying. <laughs> he's absolutely terrifying in this. Yeah, that scene around the fire pit. Um, yeah. We rehearsed that actually. um like before we started filming it's just really it was great to work with him because he 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 could transform and i i just really admired that that he didn't have to be this scary guy offset to be able to be the scary guy when the cameras were were, were rolling yeah there's a specific scene and I'll, and I'll tell you you completely sold it with your eyes and your facial expressions so the scene in the shack where your character undergoes a dramatic change, almost like a light switch was turned on and you become this badass character where you start planning your next survival and fight moves. How did you prepare for that moment? And what was the advice provided by directors, Jonathan and uh, Carrie? Well, I didn't, I mean, this sounds kind of lame, but I didn't, I didn't really prepare that much. You know, I'm kind of a fan of, of winging it because I think that when things are improvised on the spot, it's almost better. Uh, because if, if like if you rehearse something too much, it's 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 dry. It's it's it, it's not as good, you know. And and I loved working with John and Carrie because they also they let me do that, you know. Uh, we didn't rehearse very many times before we started filming, and I really appreciated that too. So I could just kind of throw myself into it. That was a big a big part of Becky was teaching myself to just throw myself into the character and put myself in her shoes completely. And um, I think that that switch in the shack when she's sort of wiping the blood off of her face um, with Diego is really important, uh, not only to the movie, but to her her character. And it just shows how dynamic she is. And I mean, really how smart she is. She's really smart. I, that, that's the main thing that I think when I watch um when I watch the movie, you know, I think like, what would I do in this situation? I wouldn't come up with these amazing plans. Like, no, I'm, I don't, I don't know. I'm very impressed with her, honestly. <laughs> what was the most intense scene that you filmed? Okay. So it was probably also the first day of filming, which is when I scream reading it in the script. 
I was kind of skeptical. I was like, really? Like, am I going to scream? Like, is this going to be weird? Yeah, th- that was my biggest fear. Like, am I going to look weird? Am I going to look stupid doing this? I was very, at first, self-conscious, which was so lame now that I'm thinking back to it. But um, I ended up, as I said before, throwing myself into it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put myself in the moment. I am Becky. I'm going to do this. And once I did... That's so much easier. But just the idea of that, the idea of just a camera really close to my face watching me scream and cry was terrifying to me almost. But I really got over that quickly. I'm I'm lucky for that. (laughs) All the running and jumping and zip lining and all these amazing things that your character gets to do. How involved were you in, in all these stunts? I think I was pretty involved. I mean, we had the best stunt coordinator angelica i think i think her name was angelica she was amazing like amazing and uh she worked with me a lot and i expressed to her how much i wanted to be as much a part of becky's physicality as possible um i had a great stunt double too um laura we made a really good bond she was amazing i mean i can't imagine doing most of the things that she's done but i mean i I tried to be as involved as possible uh because i i found that i really love doing action i really do it's um it's almost therapeutic. It's like you get to get all of your rage out. Yeah. And then you <laughs> Cathartic, yeah. Dead master. But no, I, I yeah, I, I wanted to be as involved in that as possible. The running though was awful. <laughs> Terrible. It was so bad. No, no, but you know what was worse than the running was eating all those gummy worms. No, yeah. Was- it's almost like instead of smoking <laughs> cigarettes, your character smokes he eats gummy worms. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was it was terrible. It was worse than the running. The gummy worms. And first, I'm I. It was such a bad decision. Looking back on it, they're like, "Do you want a spit bucket in the car?" And I was like, "No." Like I'm fine eating gummy worms. No problem. I love candy. No, I can't eat. I can't eat gummy worms anymore. <laughs> and then and then I didn't know that in because first I shot the scene with the gummy worms in the car, and then I shot the scene with the gummy worms in like the sheriff's office. Yeah. I guess you. But, um. But I didn't know. Like, I forgot that I was going to have to eat gummy worms a second time. And then I was like, I need a spit bucket. I'm being smart this time. So I learned from my mistakes. Oh, the gore and fight scenes are so over the top and intense. What was it like to work with all those prosthetics and buckets of fake blood? It was amazing. It really, it was so fun. There was this, well, I mean, I got super close with the um, special effects makeup person. Like we would do, we would listen to Lizzo when she was doing my broken nose, which was very fun. It was very, I've never had somebody lip sync that close to my face before. It was a great experience, but <laughs> watching um, that team do all, cause there, it was mostly pra- practical effects, um, which I prefer over CGI. I feel like a lot of people do because it just, I mean, not only watching it, play out you know it's it's like it's an art form 100 percent, no doubt it's really interesting working with all of that and there there's this one scene where i'm on top of i think it's it's my first kill which actually was really fun because i just got to punch his back a bunch which the stunt the stunt guy's back not his actual back um but to show the blood they had me stabbing a a little paper cup of fake blood that was like in a hole of an apple box. Wow. No. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. So I was on top of this apple box and I was just like stabbing this, but I couldn't stab the paper cup too much because in the paper cup was like, it would explode. So I didn't want to do that. But all like the blood markings that were on my face were from doing that. And then they just had to match them a bunch, a bunch, which was kind of a pain, but that was so fun. 
I mean, I highly suggest stabbing a paper cup. Full. <laughs> you can't, you know? It was available to you. <laughs> and what about working with the, the dog, the Corsos? Oh my God. That I, so I, I have five pets. They're all tiny. Like I've always wanted a big dog. We have two, we have a Yorkie and a Chihuahua, which is like the smallest dogs. And we have three cats, which Aww. is kind of crazy cat lady of us, but it's fine. I it, originally it was Dobermans, which I was very excited about too, because, um, I love Dobermans, but, uh, I, I had never worked with Connick. I, I didn't even know what Connick horses were. I was like, what are these dogs? They're like 70 more than 70 pounds. They're way, they're probably more than 70 pounds. I don't know, but they're just these beautiful dogs. And they, there's this one scene where I'm like walking down a path and it was so hard to get Mantis was the uh, Brown Diego, the Brown one's name in real life. And it was just so hard to get him to stay with me unless I had a treat in my hand. So I think that if you look really hard in a scene where I'm walking down a path with him, you can see that he's like sniffing my hand and my hand is in a fist because I have a bunch of little hot dogs in my hand. Oh. And the, only, the only way that I could get it was either hot dogs or cheese cubes. It was one of them. It sure but wasn't it, gummy worms. <laughs> nope. It was the only way that he would stay with me was if I had like hot dogs in my hand. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> I didn't work as much with um, Dora, aka Blue. It was so fun. I had never worked with a dog before. It was like one of my, it was on my bucket list. So that was good. What did you think of the final look and feel of the movies? It's super unique. The titles, the outfits, everything. Yeah. So um, I, the, the credits is, um, it has my artwork in it, which is, I was very excited oh, cool. about. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm a huge cartoonist and having Carrie and oh, also awesome. in the fort, you can spot some of my artwork too. Um, uh, and just having Carrie and John like want to work with me on that level to like have me put a lot of my creativity into Becky was really, really cool. Great experience. But I mean, the music too, geez, the music was amazing. Like, yeah. It was, I, it sounds crazy, but I would listen to that soundtrack. I'm not even kidding. I'm not just saying that I would listen to that soundtrack. And it was also very similar to, because to get into character, I would listen to, um, it's a Toronto based band. It's kind of weird. It's called mother, mother. Yeah, I know them. Yeah. So I would mother, mother, they have a couple albums. I think it's like the sticks. And then the one that verbatim on, which is like a very famous song by them. And I would listen to their music, which is like very strange and instrumental to get me like into that murderous mood. Like I can't listen to those songs anymore without like wanting to smash something. (laughs) (laughs) Really? No. Like I, I have a, I have a playlist. It's like Becky songs and it's like, Oh, there's another one called like Hello From My Head by like Nicholas something. And it's just so I would listen to the craziest music just to like, get myself into character and kind of seeing uh, hearing uh, this, the the soundtrack, the score for Becky was it kind of just put everything in place, I guess, um, because that, that was my biggest um, but that was the thing that I was most excited about, you know, to hear, because I think score is really important for especially an action movie to kind of sell everything. Um, and I think that that, oh, my God, that score is amazing. And like the like the breaths and all like the weird little things. I just love so much. Yeah, the sound design was really, really unique. It had an interesting sonic stamp to it. And you play ukulele and, and sing a song in the middle of the movie. Was that <laughs> yeah. actually you singing and you playing ukulele? Yeah. That's me. <laughs> it's me singing. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. They saw that I could, 
or maybe I told them, I think they saw that I could play the ukulele. They're like, oh, would you? Yeah, we just really, you can tell, we really work together. Um, not only me and John and Carrie, but also like me and Greta, the cinematographer who is, oh my God, amazing amazing like crazy amazing and so committed to this is like maybe off track but it's fine um she during the zipline scene we have the same size shoe so she wore my shoes and she was on the zipline with the camera and did like a pov shot on the zipline going down the zipline which is so impressive like that's so impressive it's amazing and i really admire her commitment to that did you keep any of the costuming from Becky or Ouija or any of your movies, like any props? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of have, I, I, I tend to either like, I, I'm really good at convincing like wardrobe people to give me their stuff. <laughs> but uh, the funny story is with the Becky costume, um, I actually came to the first day of like, uh, meetings and reads and rehearsals in that yellow striped shirt. And um, Carrie and John were like, oh, like, that's your shirt? And I was like, yeah, that's my shirt. And then the wardrobe person was like, that's your shirt? And I was like, this is my shirt. And they were like, that should be Becky's shirt. And everyone sort of agreed that my shirt, which is so cool to me, should be Becky's shirt. So I have not only my shirt, but also Becky's shirt. And you can tell the difference because um, the Becky shirt has a little hole in the back from when they had to rig me into a harness which is really cool. But I have the Becky shirt. I have the, I have the fox ears. I have the fox hat. Oh, awesome. Um, and I have the, those rad sunglasses and I have the belt. I have like that whole wardrobe. I think I have the, sh- the other, the blue shirt somewhere too. And the jean jacket. I have like everything from Becky. I'm, I'm kind of Becky obsessed. When I watched it for the first time, I dressed, I had, I wore all my Becky outfits for like a week. Cause that's I was like, so I want awesome. this. That's, that's so, rad. so cool. <laughs> that when i watch a movie i get so obsessed with the movie that i dress like the main character and it was just so it was such a weird experience to like dress like myself but i got really i was just like so into it and i i had a link so i would go and i would re-watch like specific scenes like right before i went to bed at night oh so, my god that's awesome and this what, is really cool. what about like your other stuff like hill house did you keep anything or ouija i don't i don't think i did Oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay, so it's not wardrobe, but from we- from Ouija, when I had my mouth sewn up, I kept the prosthetic because there was, yeah. That's yeah, cool. I, I, yeah, I have it somewhere in the house. It's disgusting, but I have it. It's the prosthetic of my mouth sewn shut. Hey, just cutting in to let you know, there's a spoiler alert here for a plot point. If you have not seen Becky yet and you plan on doing it, come on back. And right now, just fast forward about 38 seconds and you'll be all good. I don't know if this is, I mean, obviously we're going into spoiler territory, but I just, I'm curious about the key. What do you think it unlocks? Is there an answer? And is there a sequel? I genuinely don't know. Like, I have no idea. Nobody told me. But Kevin knows. I don't know. I have no idea what it's for. But Kevin's character actually knows, though. Yeah, Kevin's character actually knows, so Kevin actually knows. I'm a little jealous, but also, I mean, it's good that I don't know. I mean, maybe a sequel. She, like, searches for, I don't know, she searches for what the key's for. I don't know. That would be cool. Wow, that's fascinating. what it's for. (laughs) (laughs) Having done some great horror movies, the Hill House series, and now Becky, which is amazing, by the way, going forward, would you like to continue acting in more horror or perhaps write some horror scripts? Oh my god, that yeah, that would be incredible. I'm a huge writer, as I said before. Um, I've written so I used to write, like I wrote a Stranger Things second, like after the first season, I wrote a Stranger Things like fan fiction for the second season, like a script, 
and I like, tried to send it to the producers, but they definitely didn't get it. I was very adamant. I was a very adamant little 11 year old. Uh, but no, to write horror would be really cool. So, I mean, just to do another action uh, type thriller would also be really cool because that Becky, I mean, my best experience so far. So it would be great to do that again. <laughs> And then you do have that, uh, you're going to be appearing in, is it 13 Steps to Hell, a seven-minute short film for Quibi, right? Yeah, that's really scary. Like, genuinely terrifying. Those sets were also really scary, but you'll you'll see that. So. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. Lulu, listen, thank you so much for joining us. And yes. everybody listening right now, you got to see Becky. It is mind-blowing. Yes. It's on digital yeah. and on demand June 5th. Of course. Thank you for talking with me. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 132. Special thanks to our guest, Lulu Wilson. Follow her at Lulu S. Wilson on Instagram and Twitter. Check out all of her projects, including Ouija, Origin of Beetle, Annabelle Creation, The Haunting of Hill House, and her brand new film, Becky, at time of release available on demand and digital June 5th. If you like this conversation, be sure to check out episode 35 with Kate Siegel, episode 39 with the Newton Brothers, and episode 85 with Mike Flanagan and Kate Siegel. Also, please rate us and write us a nice review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy what you're hearing. We so appreciate it. Production tracks provided by Power Man 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network. Home of the Boo Crew. Horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.